Welcome and thanks for listening to the Community Christian Church Podcast. To learn more about Community Christian Church, visit us online at cccsterling.org. Good morning, everyone. Good morning. We're in a series, as you heard, called Built to Last, and we're talking about how to build things that last a lifetime. Last week, Pastor Tony talked about our faith and how to have some foundational building blocks for our faith so it's built to withstand just about anything that comes our way. And today, we want to talk about building relationships that last, namely marriages that last. But if you're in this place and you're not married, we believe that all of the principles that we're going through Well, maybe not all of them, but most of the principles that we go through today will help any relationship Mm -hmm. last a lifetime. And you know, because of social media websites like Instagram and Pinterest, have you noticed how crazy wedding proposals are getting? Has anyone noticed this other than us? (laughs) It's getting getting kind of crazy and there's a ton of pressure to have that perfect marriage proposal. And people are doing things that they've never done before. And they're hiring uh, proposal planners. That is an actual thing you can do now. So you get this vision for your proposal and then you hire a proposal planner and they help you make that proposal, that mm-hmm. vision come to life. They manage the logistics and the details so you can just be focused on the proposal. Right. Another thing people are doing is they're hiring professional photographers and videographers to capture the moment. Mm-hmm. Because that iPhone, it just won't do in this moment. If you are going to post this on social media so all can see how awesome your proposal was, you have got to have a professional photographer or videographer capturing this. That's right. And the other thing that people are doing is proposing with rings that have a backstory. That's right, you guys. See, she does not care if you went to Jared. Okay, that diamond had better been excavated from the hometown of her ancestors and set in the gold setting which reflects the gold fleck in her eye when she smiles, which you learned was the exact color match when you put yourself through night school learning Photoshop just so you could get the exact color of the gold setting which also matches Meghan Markle's ring because she's your queen. And yes, I know that Meghan Markle's a duchess, but just, you know, go with me. Queen right sounds there. better. Queen sounds better. Yeah, sounds better. So I guess every kiss does not begin with K anymore. Mm, okay, come on. we have to, uh, you have to take it a little bit further. But I'm thinking about this. If you're going to go to these extremes to have these incredible, elaborate marriage proposals, it's important to build a relationship or a marriage that lasts. Right. And that's something Megan and I are passionate about. We believe that you can have a healthy love that lasts a lifetime. We really believe that. We believe you can have healthy relationships with your sons and daughters, healthy relationships with your parents, healthy relationships with your friends that last a lifetime. And I know Megan and I are so young and we've only been married 18 years. And some of you might be thinking, what can you tell me about marriage? And 
that's fair. Uh, I know that there's some people who've been married a lot longer than us in this place, but we've become so passionate about marriages that we've really dove in. And uh, we listen to podcasts and read books every year and go to conferences. We've become certified relationship uh, counselors and mentors just because we are so passionate. We believe you can have relationships that thrive. And so the key thought for our whole message today, if you hear one thing, if this is all you take away, it's this. A marriage that is built to last is focused on bringing the best out in each other. Mm -hmm. A relationship, a friendship that's built to last is focused on bringing out the best in each other. Now, something Megan and I have learned to like to do uh, over the last few months or year is we have what we call an in-home date night. Mm -hmm. And what we do is we go out to Kroger, we go somewhere, we get groceries on a Friday or Saturday night. It's exciting, isn't it? Yeah. It's exciting. And uh, we bring them home and we create, we get in the kitchen together and we cook something together. Right. We try a new recipe and we try to use our creativity to make something taste good. And sometimes it turns out really good mm-hmm. and sometimes it does not. Not so good. But what we've learned is there's a lot of principles of cooking that correlate with marriage. You see, in cooking, you have all of these principles or these, I'm sorry, we have all these raw like vegetables or these items in your cabinet and then in your pantry and your fridge and you bring them out raw and you put them together And by the end, you try to come up with something that actually tastes good. You try to make it all work together in a specific recipe that tastes good. And marriage is similar because you bring two people together, any relationship really, you bring two people together and you both bring something raw to the table. You bring something from your upbringing. You bring something from the past. You bring all these ingredients, both good and bad, into a relationship. And then you try to put them together and make something magical out of it. And so sometimes it goes really good and sometimes we mess it up pretty good. I think in any marriage, we would say that or any relationship. So we were watching this cooking show on Netflix called... Uh, salt, fat, acid, and heat. And basically, anyone see that show? Basically, it, it talks about how to bring these four components into your cooking in order to make these amazing dishes that taste good. And as we were watching this, Megan says, oh my gosh, Chris, this is marriage. All these components that she's talking about is what makes a ma- when you When you listen to what they mean, and what they really represent, it's marriage. And so we want to present to you a little creative way to talk about relationships and marriage. So we got these four components we want to talk about that lead to a healthy relationship or marriage that help us bring the best out in each other. Let's look at this first component. Salt. It's fundamental to all good cooking. It enhances flavor, and it even makes food taste more like itself. In short, salt brings food to life. 
Learn to use it well, and your food will taste great. Now, most people fall into one of two categories with their cravings. You're either a sweet person. Let's see all my sweet people. Okay. Or you're a salty person. Raise your hand if you're a salty. When we were first married, I used to get offended at the amount of salt that Chris would put on his food. No offense. That I prepared it wasn't, it wasn't for about him. you. No, it was <laughs> Call me on the carpet. Um, but see, I love different flavors, and I would work really hard at balancing the spices and the textures and strategically limit the amount of salt because I care about his blood pressure. But his natural instinct was to grab the salt shaker before he even tasted the food. And I didn't understand this method, but um, he just loved the flavor that salt brought. Amen. Right? Still do. <laughs> Amen. In the Bible, it represents salt. It represents um, salt and its symbolism on several occasions with probably the most famous portion of Scripture being in Matthew 5, beginning in verse 13, when Jesus talks about salt and light on the Sermon on the Mount. Let's take a look at verse 13. It says, let me tell you why you're here. You're here to be salt seasoning that brings out the God flavors of this earth. Hmm. He goes on to say in verse 14, here's another way to put it. You're here to be light, bringing out the God colors in the world. God is not a secret to be kept. We're going public with this, as public as a city on a hill. If I make you light bearers, you don't think I'm going to hide you under a bucket, do you? I'm putting you on a light stand. Now that you've been put there on a hilltop, on a light stand, shine. Keep open house. Be generous with your lives. By opening up to others, you'll prompt people to open up with God, this generous Father in heaven. And again, going back to verse 13, it says, you're here to be the salt seasoning that brings out the God flavors of this earth. And looking at this portion in the context of marriage, a marriage that's built to last, you're here to be the salt seasoning that brings out the God flavors in your relationship that brings out the God flavors already within your spouse. We're going to talk about how you actually do that, right? What does salt actually do for a dish? It does three things. And as I'm going through this, I want you to think about this in light of your marriage, in light of you and your role. Not your spouse's role. I'm about to see some elbows being thrown in this place, okay? Not that, but your role in light of your relationship. And number one thing that salt does, salt's a preservative. Salt draws out toxins. We see this a lot in our culture right now. It's very trendy to have salt lamps and go to salt rooms and spas, right? It, it takes out the inflammation. Salt also gives longevity. You think about that with um, back in the day when they would cure and salt meats just to preserve them, right? It draws out the toxins. It gives things longevity. And we see this principle of longevity woven throughout Scripture. In Numbers 18, 19, the Bible references something called the salt of the covenant. And a very rustic definition of the salt of the covenant is that, that salt was added to the offerings of the Old Testament to preserve them, to make them last. And if you flip forward a few pages to 2 Chronicles 13.5, we see the covenant 
that God made with David, the one to establish his lineage on the throne, which would find its culmination in Jesus, was called a covenant of salt. So interesting. Why? Why is it called a covenant of salt? Because it preserved the present and it foreshadowed the covenant of grace we now get to walk in with Jesus. And when we act as a preservative of salt for our spouse, we can bring out the God flavors within them. We can help them see truth and eliminate toxic behavior and thinking from their life and help protect and bring strength and endurance to them for the long haul and even be a foreshadowing of Jesus, the ultimate bridegroom in their lives. See, so many times we jump into relationships because we fall in love and we get so excited about what this person brings to our life, right? But when that's our only motivation to get married, the marriage loses its flavor very quickly. So what if we, what if we flip the script this morning? What if we had the mindset that God placed us in our spouse's life to be that representation of the love of Jesus to them, to draw out the best parts of them that would not only preserve our spouse, but it would preserve a lot of marriages as well. So salt is a preservative. The other thing that salt does, it enhances the flavor of everything it touches. Amen. Right? Yes. <laughs> so good. I don't know about you, but I love to watch a professional chef salt food. They just know, right? They just know if, if a food needs just a pinch of salt, just a dash, or a whole lot more of salt, right? <laughs> and they always have those fancy little salt bowls, and they're like up here sprinkling the salt. They just understand that salt enhances flavor, and salt can even elevate the sweetness of a dish, right? We see this in baking. Usually there's some kind of a pinch of salt in baking because it balances, it counteracts the sugar. And I believe that there's no better example of this than dark chocolate with sea salt. Can I get an amen in this place? Yes. Thank you. That stuff is from Jesus, from the throne room. But you know what would absolutely ruin the sweet experience of that dark chocolate? Too much salt. Too much salt wouldn't enhance, right? Too much salt would actually mask the original flavor and diminish its sweetness. And you know when you bite into something and all you can taste is salt? It's gross. It's gross. Yeah, even I like a lot of salt, like Megan has said, but here's the difference. There's two different brands right here I'm representing of dark chocolate with caramel sea salt. Now, both are delicious, but with the Ghirardelli one in my left hand, you might not be able to see it. This has the dark chocolate, the caramel inside, and the salt kind of infused throughout like the whole thing. And it's so good. I mean, you cannot beat this one on the left. Now, the one on the right... <laughs> is also good. But if you notice this one, they have the dark chocolate around the edges, the caramel inside, and they just put the salt right on top. These huge yeah, flakes like of sea salt. salt. 
-hmm. right on top. And I'm telling you, that's all you taste. I honestly like salt, but I have to remove those from the top to enjoy this candy. So too much salt, you know, can go the wrong way. But the salt in the right amount can enhance the flavor and bring all the flavors out. That's right. And see, just like that, we're here to bring out the God flavors in our spouse to become experts in knowing when they need just a little pinch of salt, just a little encouragement, just a little life spoken into them, when they need a little bit more. The times when they require dashes of that big rock salt like Chris was showing and having the discernment to know what brings enhancement and celebrates the sweetness that's already inside of them versus what's going to dominate the original flavor components and design. Because you're not in each other's lives to change or train or take over. Hmm. You're in your spouse's life to enhance what God has already put inside of them. In a healthy relationship, that enhancement will naturally bring about the sweetness and the change that's loving and that's God-ordained. So salt, what do we talk about? It's a preservative right? It enhances the flavor of everything it touches. And salt also brings the true original flavors to life. It makes food taste more like itself, like it was originally created to be. I don't know about you, but I like to think about all of God's jobs sometimes, right? He, God has a lot of hats that he wears for us. And I think one of his most fun jobs has to be creator, right? He created all of these these colors and these patterns and these textures and these layers, some that we see every single day with our eyes and others that are hidden and just waiting to be excavated, just waiting to be uncovered. And a great example of this is salt mines. So many times when we think of salt, we think of this white, refined table salt that's been bleached and processed down to what we are conditioned to. But salt in its original form comes in a rainbow of these jewel tone colors you can see behind me. These are salt mines. And the key element, salt doesn't naturally look like this, but when the elements and the minerals mix in with the salt, specifically when iron meets salt, It brings these colors to life. And science teaches us that iron is strength, right? Iron carries oxygen and breath and life and vitality. And if you have ever struggled with low iron in your body, right, you know that you just feel depleted. But all of a sudden you boost that iron, you bring back the color to your life. And that's exactly what the presence of these elements do to the salt. It's stunning, isn't it? And what's remarkable is that the potential for those colors were in the salt all along. All that was needed to bring these colors out were the minerals sent to enhance the salt. And you can be those elements in your relationship and in the life of the one that you love the most. You're in your spouse's life to draw out the beauty and to showcase all that's within them and all that God designed them to be. You know, in in 2013, HGTV debuted a new show, and America fell in love with Waco, Texas, and a little thing called Shiplap, (laughs) right? 
How many of you are big Fixer Upper fans in here? All the hands. Chip and Joanna Gaines have wrapped their way just around everybody's heart, including my own, because if I was not in ministry full-time, I would definitely want to be a designer. And if you know anything about their story or you just observe their chemistry on camera, you know there'd be no Chip without Joanna, right? And there'd be no Joanna without Chip because they balance each other. Chris and I read their book last year, and, and it became so evident that they believe in each other's dreams. They've cheered each other on. When one's weak, the other one's been strong. And they've been able to speak into each other's lives when they've been hesitant or timid. And as an audience, we're just drawn to that balance. You're in your spouse's life to be salt, to be a preservative that enhances the flavor of every part you touch, to draw your spouse back to that beautiful original design and to empower them to be everything they were created to be. But salt's not the only thing that we need in cooking, right? It's not the only thing. There's a couple other elements. We're gonna check out the next one right now. Fat. It's nothing short of a miracle. Fat is flavor. Fat is texture. Fat adds its own unique flavor to a dish, and it can amplify the other flavors in a recipe. Simply put, fat makes food delicious. And one of the most important things any cook can learn is how to harness its magic. Hmm. Amen. Harness the magic of fat. How to harness its magic. I love what it says that fat amplifies the other flavors. And I want you to think about this. You know, a slice of bread in the oven or in the toaster is good, but when you put that butter, that warm butter on that toast, what does it do? It enhances that flavor. Come on, we all know it does. (laughs) A baked potato, it's good on its own, it's okay. But when you put that sour cream, that butter, those chives, that uh, bacon, come on somebody, (laughs) you load it up, what do you get? You get something magical, right? (laughs) For you, a healthier one. Yes, give me a healthy one. When you get that guacamole, you take those avocados and you make guacamole out of them. And you take a corn chip or you take some kind of chip or vegetable to dip into that guacamole. It just changes. It enhances the flavor of whatever is dipped in there. That's what fat does in cooking. And that's really what we can do in all of our relationships. I think sometimes we have this what do I get out of this relationship attitude? I don't know about you, but I've pretty much been there. Like, it's about me. It's what, how you amplify me. It's how you uh, focus on me. And that's what I want out of the relationship. But really what we're talking about this morning is how to bring the best out in the other person that you're in a relationship with and how to amplify those flavors, how to, how to really create something magical in them and not just you. And Jesus says this in Mark 10, 7 through 8. He says, in the original creation, God made male and female to be together 
Because of this, a man leaves father and mother, and in marriage he becomes one flesh with a woman, no longer two individuals, but forming something new, forming a new unity. That's what we can do in all of our marriages, in all of our relationships, really. We can form a new unity. We can bring out the best in each other. But here's the problem. Because we live with flawed people who are human beings who make mistakes, we can stop seeing the best in them and we can start finding the worst in the people we love the most. We can stop believing in them, stop respecting them because you live with them and you see what they do in their downtime or you see how they act and you just get disgusted some people at Mm -hmm. times with your spouse and you stop believing in them, you stop seeing the best in them. And when that happens, we become devitalized in any relationship. I was talking to a guy the other day about his marriage, and he's a business owner, and he's a really successful man, and I was just talking to him about his marriage, and he just kept saying to me, you know, I do everything. I do everything in this marriage. I work. She doesn't work. She doesn't cook. She doesn't clean. She doesn't take care of our son well. She doesn't do this. She doesn't do this. And he just kept telling me what she didn't do and all the things he did do. And I stopped and I said, you know, something attracted you to this person in the first place. And why don't you try to bring out the best in them? What are their strengths? Stop for just a minute looking at all that they're not doing, what are they doing? What are their strengths that they have that no one else has? And how do you pull the best out in them? You see, that's how we amplify each other is by focusing on the strengths. Have you ever had fat without anything with it? Mm. Like no one just grills butter or heats up butter on the stove just to eat it, right? No one goes into their pantry, gets out the olive oil, and just drinks it straight. If you do, please stop doing that. (laughs) Don't Uh, do that. No one just eats that Crisco without putting a fried chicken in it, right? I mean, that would be gross. So we don't want to just be that one portion Mm -hmm. with the people we love the most in our relationships. We don't want to just be focused on us or just focus on the worst parts. We need to amplify the flavor in them. So how do you learn to harness the magic of that component in your marriage? I want to give you a few little tips. One, focus on what you love about your spouse or the person you're in a relationship with, not what drives you crazy. Mm. Focus on what you love. Be generous with your time and be present. Be curious about your spouse. You know, something that Megan and I talk about, we, we regularly just say, hey, how are we doing in our marriage? And something that Megan has said to me time after time is, I, I want you to never stop noticing me. Never stop being curious about me. And it can be tough to do in any relationship over a long period of time. Mm -hmm. It's just to get used to a person, just to think that you already know everything about them, that there's nothing new that you could discover about someone, that that there's nothing new. But I want to tell you that that couldn't be further from the truth. 
Every day there are new events happening in the world. Every day the world's changing. And you can continue to discover the perspective of people that you love. And you can continue to be engaged in them. You can continue to notice them. You can continue to be curious about what they think. You can be generous with your time and set apart some of your best time to have some conversations and to to be curious about one another. Because sometimes I feel like we give our best time and our best energy to everything else but our relationships. And that's why they suffer at times. And when you are together, it's so important to be present. To just be present with one another. How many times have you noticed that you can just be 100% all in in a relationship, not letting your mind wander to something from the past, not letting your mind wander towards something you have to do, not being on your phone while someone's talking to you? How many times are you really in the moment with a person that you care about? We all mess this one up, and we all do. But I'm telling you, there's this concept of being present in the moment, listening. When someone you care about is talking, actually like taking the time to listen to what they're saying, hear their heart, respond to what they're saying, not letting your mind be so million miles apart because you're so used to this person. And you just don't really care that much about what they have to say. We've all been there. But if we're going to build a marriage that lasts or relationships that last, friendships, Mm -hmm. relationships with uh, children and parents, we've got to learn this concept of being present and pulling out the best in each other and amplifying the flavor in one another instead of just being so concerned about us and what's best for us. And when you do that... It changes the texture of your marriage. And remember, a marriage that's built to last is focused on bringing out the best in each other. So that's the second component. And I want to show you the next component. So we can roll that clip right now. Acid. It's the pucker in a lemon. The sour in sour cream the tart and cranberry sauce. It literally makes mouths water. Acid brightens food and creates contrast. Most importantly, acid does the absolutely necessary job of balancing flavors, which makes it indispensable to cooking delicious food. Acid. I have a confession for you guys. I cannot pass by one of those vinegar tasting stores without going in. This is true. It's true. It's a thing. I don't know why. I'm just drawn to like all the samples of those crazy balsamics, right? They're just, they're good. Even if we've been to the same (laughs) vinegar store multiple times, there might be one new one. There might be a new one. That we hadn't tried. You don't know unless you go go in. in. You have to go in. You gotta go in. So... And that acid, that vinegar, that that acidity is a key component because it brings balance 
to a dish, right? Chris just talked about fat, and we think about the beautiful balance of a good salad dressing. If you just dumped oil all over your greens, it would be gross. You wouldn't want that. But, but that tartness that a vinegar or a lemon or a lime brings, it balances, it brightens the dish. Now, I want you in here with me real quick. Raise your hand if you're in a relationship with someone who is your opposite. Pretty much there's a lot of hands going up in this place. And many times we're attracted to the qualities in someone else that we ourselves don't possess because we're craving that balance. We know where we're lacking, right? We all know where we're deficient. And when we see that in someone else, we're drawn to it. But over time, we're, what we're initially attracted to in one another can do the other thing that acid is known for, and that's leave a bitter taste in our mouths. We can allow those feelings for our spouse to become eroded. But what if, what if God actually knew what he was doing when he drew you together? Think about that. What if he actually brought the two of, of you together on purpose because like acid, you break down each other's tough exteriors, right? You contrast one another. And that's a really good thing because your spouse, the person you're in a relationship with, can bring a brightness to your life that you wouldn't otherwise experience. I want you guys to look at the person you're in a relationship with right now. Look them in the eye. Say, baby. Baby. I brighten your world. I brighten your world. And if that's not your spouse, don't do that. That's weird. (laughs) Don't do that to the person sitting next to you. Oh, y'all, God has a sense of humor, don't you think? I know this because he designed Chris Rhea to be married to Megan Casey. Mm-hmm. And not only be married with each other, but to work together and to minister together. And we run a nonprofit together. And Chris and I are opposite in a lot of the ways. And especially even in our work styles. Yes. Um, I would love, you know, if you're interested just for funsies, try preparing a marriage talk with your spouse on communication. See what it's like. It took a lot to get I, I to this point. dare you. <laughs> we are so different. But that's exactly how God designed it to be. Ecclesiastes 4, 9 and 10 says this. It says, two people are better than one, for they can help each other succeed. If one person falls, the other one can reach out and help. Two people are better off than one, because they can help each other succeed. If you're the go, go, go kind of a person... Your spouse can help slow you down a little bit. Mm-hmm. Smell the roses. Enjoy life. And if you're the one that would just only smell roses for the rest of your life, <laughs> your spouse can help you dream a little bit bigger than that. Mm-hmm. We're here to bring out the God colors in our spouse, and especially if you're opposites. In all the good ways and all the frustrating ways, lean into that. Because that's the Lord's way of bringing balance and excitement and brightness to your life. So guys, we've talked about salt, fat, acid. But there's one more key we need to hit on this morning. Check it out. Heat. It's the element of transformation. Heat takes food from raw to cooked, flabby to firm. 
pale to golden brown. Sizzles, splatters, crackles, steam, and aromas are all the results of applying heat to food. And once you understand how heat works, you can be confident that whatever you cook will taste great. Heat, mm. uh, an essential element in any marriage. If you have little ones in here, you may want to take them out at this point. We're going to talk a little bit about heat in a, in a marriage relationship just for a second. Not right now, though. You have, you have a couple have a minute. minutes. And not too much either. But once you understand how heat works, you can be confident that anything you cook will taste great. That's what she said. I love walking into my house to the smell of olive oil, grilled onions, and garlic heating up on that stove. Can I get an amen? Does anyone <laughs> else just love that? Beautiful smell. But the right amounts of heat can transform a dish into something special. Right. It really can. You can transform something raw and inedible mm -hmm. into something that's delicious and takes, tastes amazing. And when Megan and I first started dating, I was a raw version of myself <laughs> that most people could only tolerate in small doses. <laughs> but over time, being married to this one and through some serious transformation from Jesus in my life, right. I've become a better, more palatable version. <laughs> and when we turn up the heat, we can transform our marriages if we develop a few habits. And I want to give you three habits that transform your marriage or relationship. Yeah. One, emphasize gratefulness. Now, this can be in any relationship, mm -hmm. whether it's a marriage or any other kind of close, loving relationship. Be grateful. You see, not everyone has what you have. Right. Not everyone has a person they get to do life with every day. Not everyone has a son or a daughter they can pour into. Not everyone has a parent still around that they get to love and be there for. Not everyone has a really good friendship that they can pour time into. So the first thing is to be grateful for what you have and stop looking at what you don't have. Mm -hmm. Change your perspective on what you have. Dr. Robert Emmons says this, he's a professor of psychology, he says, gratitude enriches human life. It elevates, energizes, inspires, and transforms. People are moved, open, and humbled through expressions of gratitude. You see, when you have the chosen attitude of gratefulness in your life, and I said chosen attitude, because it's something we have to choose. When you have the chosen attitude of gratefulness, you can actually improve your overall mental and physical health. Do you know that? Gratefulness changes your mental and physical health. When you learn to be positive and grateful instead of negative about a certain thing. So instead of complaining and how messy the house is and how your kids have messed up your house and your spouse isn't doing enough to clean it and now you have to clean it, be grateful that you have a home that you get to fix up, that you get mm -hmm. to clean, that you get to take care of. 
When you get annoyed with your spouse or your friend, have that chosen attitude of, I'm blessed to be able to do life with this person. I'm blessed to have them in my life. You see, emphasizing gratefulness renews our minds and brings transformation into every relationship we have. That's why it's so important. The second thing that transform, transforms our marriage and brings some heat is to give affection purposefully. Give affection purposefully. What is purposeful affection? What does that mean? Well, it's the kind you give because you know your spouse desires it or needs it. And you want to meet that need or desire in your spouse. You see, we each have ways we receive affection. And sometimes it's with kind and affirming words. Sometimes it's with a thoughtful gift. Sometimes it's just rubbing someone's back or holding their hand. Sometimes it's sexual intimacy. Sometimes it's just doing something thoughtful or nice. But purposeful affection brings intimacy into our marriages. Intimacy and affection make this relationship different than any other relationship we could have in life. And we need it if we're going to transform our marriages. We've got to create that margin in our life that we're not so busy that we don't have purposeful affection with our spouse or the people we care about. How many people have gone on a date for the first time in a long time with your spouse and been like, I didn't realize how much I needed this? Gone away for a weekend and come back and said, I didn't realize how disconnected we were until we went away together. I didn't realize how much I needed to connect to your heart and have a, just a really good, genuine, quality conversation with you. I didn't realize how much we needed some sexual intimacy in our life. We just didn't realize it. It's important to make margin, to create that margin in life so you don't get so busy that you don't have affection anymore in your relationship. And the third thing that transforms our relationship any relationship, but especially a marriage relationship, is to put Jesus at the center of your marriage. And I save this one for the very end because it's the most important thing that we can do, is to put Jesus in the center, to spend some time praying and worshiping together. Mm -hmm. Some of the most impactful times Megan and I have had in our marriage is when we take a few minutes to get everything out of our minds, to put on a worship song and to spend some time praying together and to pray over one another. Guys, I'm gonna tell you something. If you take a few minutes to pray over your wife when she's struggling or having a rough day, it will bring a security, it will bring an intimacy to your marriage that is missing if you're not doing it. Prayer and worship brings another level of intimacy into our relationships, and it's attractive as well. 
It doesn't have to be very long. Right. It could be just a few minutes of prayer and worship. It can be just talking about what God's showing you in his word. Hey, I read this this morning in the Bible. What do you think about it? This is how it's impacting me. This is what God's showing me right now. When you create that spiritual depth, you bring God into your marriage and into your relationship. And it's what a lot of Christian marriages are missing. They're missing the God factor. Like Megan brought up that scripture before, two can accomplish more than one in Ecclesiastes, but three, the Bible says, are even better than two. When you bring God into your marriage and into your other relationships, even let's take a relationship with just your guy friends, guys, or ladies, just your lady friends. What can separate you as a Christian is the fact that you bring God into that relationship. You can take a minute to pray over each other if someone's struggling. You can encourage someone with scripture. You can keep each other accountable. You can do some of those things and it changes relationships because God transforms more than a person ever could. Serving Jesus together, doing something together is special. How many people have ever been on a mission trip before? Bunch of you. There's this saying called putting your mission goggles on. And what this means is on a mission trip, all these young single guys and young single girls, they see someone of the opposite sex serving Jesus for the first time and all of a sudden they fall in love. (laughs) They do. They come home in love from a mission trip. Why? Because they... Seeing someone operate in the gifts of the Spirit, seeing a man be a man of God or a woman be a woman of God, seeing someone lead someone to Christ or be outspoken about their faith or meet the need of another person is so attractive. It's so attractive. If you serve together, if you do some kind of ministry together, it will bring you together. People who go on mission trips, people who join small groups, and they do something for God together, they create a bond that is so special. And I want to encourage you to do that. Be part of a community of people. Make church attendance a priority. Join a small group. If you're on the fence, join one. And, And create that bond with other people that has God in it. And it can transform your marriage, it can transform your other relationships because we need each other. I love that we're in the day and age of podcasts and you can stream services, you can hear preachers, you can listen to worship, but you know what's different about coming to church? It's a community. We get to do life together. We get to go after God together. We get to experience him him together. We get to sharpen one another. We get to talk. We get to pray over one another. We get to minister to each other. And it's something you can't get from listening to a podcast. Something you can't get from watching a service online, even though I believe in those things. Mm -hmm. Community, it's important and it sharpens us. It transforms our relationships. Serve Jesus together. If you haven't gone to our Discover course, we have one coming up on Wednesday, February 20th. I just want to encourage you. Grab your spouse, grab a person, a friend, and go to Discover. 
And understand how God's wired you so you can serve and do something for the kingdom together. It will be a game changer in all your relationships. So in closing, why do we spend a Sunday morning talking about salt, fat, acid, and heat and cooking? Because we believe that all of these components will help us bring out the best in each other. And a marriage or a relationship built to last is focused on bringing out the best in each other. If you leave with one truth today, it's this. It's not about me. It's about focusing on bringing out the best in them. And if you have that attitude, your marriages and your relationships will be healthy for a lifetime. So let's bow our heads for prayer. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you so much. I thank you for every person in this place, Lord. I thank you for all the demographics of people, all the walks of life, married, single. Lord, I just thank you that we know you and that we can include you in our lives, in our marriages, that we can partner with you to do life on this earth. And I just pray for every marriage in this place. I pray for every person who has friendships, relationships with parents and sons and daughters. I pray that we would be able to apply these principles to those relationships and see them transformed and healthy in a new way. Help us, God, to do this because we can't do it on our own. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 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 Before we let you go, we just have one announcement. It's we are doing a marriage conference on March 23rd. There's more details on our website about it. We're actually bringing in Les and Rhonda Morrison. They have a ministry and they, have, they do a marriage conference called The Heart of Marriage. So if you really want to take some time to just dedicate to your marriage. That's going to be Saturday, March 23rd. It's going to be the whole day. And I really want to encourage everyone to check that out. You can register online. You'll be hearing more about it in the weeks to come. Thanks again for listening to the Community Christian Church Podcast. For more messages like this and other resources, visit us online at cccsterling.org.